We are rolling. You can cut that. It's fine. All right. What's up, man? Oh, man. So uh, we're here to do a thing. Oh, God. Can you believe we've, we've been doing these top 10 since, like, Obama was president? Like, <laughs> I miss Obama. Yeah, me too. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and he's not even my president. <laughs> he's, he's, I still miss him. Um, you still did okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. All right. Man, so, so we've been doing... Wait, has it been eight years since we did our first top ten? Has it been we did, our, we did our first in twenty fifteen. Jesus! So we've been doing seven it for that? years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. oh my god! All right, you know what? Let's let, let's not dwell on that because we're just gonna get depressed. So this is our annual top ten favorite movies of the year, and this is for year twenty twenty two. Okay. So. Mm -hmm. uh before we start, I do want to say, you know what movies felt like this year? What? They felt like a victory. Every, I liked more movies than I've disliked this year. And to be honest, I saw like, like I counted them. I kept like my letterbox account. I saw 58 2022 releases. Okay. Jesus. That's more than a movie per week. Okay, and this counts streaming, this counts movie theaters, this counts, you know, all of that. I saw them alone. I saw them with friends. I saw them uh, in the theaters. I saw them in my room. I saw them, uh, you know, at the height of the fear of the pandemic. I saw them, you know, we saw in the transition of coming back to the office. And the movies this year felt like, like winning. They felt like something good happened here when i saw top gun maverick i felt like you know we won when i saw everything everywhere we felt like we won when i saw avatar we felt like we won when i saw black panther all these movies this year just felt like heightened sense they had they had like a heightened sense of like just wonder and victory and winning and i'm so happy to have experienced it and they kind of reflect the real life. They kind of reflect everything that we went through for the past couple of years and how shitty everything was. And when a horror movie was good, it was scary good. When an action movie was good, it was soaring high action good. When a drama was good, the drama felt like it was worth it. Uh, this was the year of a lot of catching up, a lot of releases that were kept in the dark finally coming out. And... This is the this was the year, man. You know, the year before we talked about how we didn't maybe we didn't see enough movies to make like a concrete top ten because movie theaters were closed and all of this, and it was so hard. And this year, loving movies was the easiest thing, really. And I want us to go in that in that headspace because, I, and I told you this the other day, I could do a top twenty if you asked me to because I love so many <laughs> movies this year. I could do a top thirty even. And I just cannot believe that this little project of us is still going, it's still chucking, and that this year it never felt like a struggle. It never felt like homework. It never felt like, you know, that we're, we have to do this because we have to do this, you know? I was yeah. glad to see a movie every year. Every every time that I went to the movies this year and the movie, and the screen was dark, I had like a little moment of like, it's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up. It's, it came up. It was great. <laughs> 
And in a year that had like a lot of things going through, this was just great. So yeah, this, I, I just wanted to, you know, remind us of why we do this, why we love doing this. And uh, that even if a movie's not in the top 10, it's not because I didn't like it. It's because I loved it. And I just love more movies way more. And <laughs> while I usually prefer quality over quantity, God, the quantity was the quantity of the quality this year was amazing. So I, I, I pushed enough, you know, I'm ready. Uh, are you ready? Oh man, this year I've had so many pleasant surprises. There, there were a lot of movies that I thought were going to be a chore. Turned out to be really good. But this is also a year where a lot of movies that I thought would be incredible turned out to be really good. So you, you see what I did there? Eh, eh, eh. This year, this this year we got our cake and we ate it too. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so shall we? Sh shall I get us rolling? Uh, yes. Did you want to start with honorable mentions or did you want to start with number 10 and then we mention honorable mentions at the end? I think we should do our intro and then, you know, and then we, we, we could do honorable mentions, but. Oh yeah, we should ready? probably do an intro. Yeah. All right. So. Let's get ready to. You think you know me. <laughs> what the rock Okay. It's funny because all right. Edge is a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we're going to be... Yes, but Edge is going to play Aris, the God of War, in the Percy Jackson TV show, and I will watch. So... Fair enough. <laughs> before we do... Okay, so before we start, you want to do honorable mention. Should I go first, or do you want to go first? Uh, You can go first. I know there's going to be some disappointments in mine. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so movies that I like this year that, that didn't make it to the top 10. I, I Like I said, I saw like 58 movies, and... I think some movies that uh, were almost on the list at some point or that were on the list at some point and I had to move them out. Turning Red, uh, it came out really early. I love the animation style. The Fallout was a little HBO uh, Max uh, movie that was very dramatic and very timely and very well done. Uh, X and Pearl, both. Uh, I, I, I played around with putting them on the list. I love them both, but I, I, I couldn't end up putting them on the list. Bodies, 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 I had a lot of fun with. The Black Phone was a great horror. Um, Clerks 3 was weirdly very good. Like oh, it's, man. From the second it starts and uh, My Chemical Romance's Welcome to the Black Parade starts playing, like it got me right in the feels. Uh, Top Gun Maverick uh, was action, just so much fun. Um, and the last, uh, uh, oh, also, also I really like The Fablements. I liked uh, uh, Scream 6. Uh, and uh, the last two movies that were on the list and then I cut them out uh, were Black Panther, What Kind of Forever, and Avatar, The Way of Water. Uh, I loved them both so much. And Avatar was in the list for like a week and then it was pulled back out. But, <coughs> oh. but not to say... 
But not to say great things because those are great movies. So those are my honorable mentions of the year. How about you? Gotcha. Okay. So, oof, man. Um, my honorable mentions, there's going to be some disappointments in this, and I fully, fully admit it. Let me start with the biggest possibly shocker to you. I know you didn't like this movie, but fuck you, most people did. Black Adam, honorable mention. Oh, my God. God. It hey, was fun. Hey, hey, it was hey, fun. You know, you know what? It's fun. You know what? It's fine if you like Black Adam. It's not like there's going to be more. You know why? You sick son of a bitch. You know why? Why? Because paper beats rock. Boo! <laughs> Uh, All right, go, go, go. So we got okay. So we got Black Adam. We got Clerks Three. Also, I didn't watch it in theaters though. Freddie showed it to me on a random ass Sunday, and man, it was emotional as fuck. I did not see that ending. Yeah. Um Avatar: The Way of Water was on my list. Also, actually, until a few days ago, um, <laughs> it got kicked out. But I'll I'll let you know when it got kicked out. I think I, can, I think I, I think I know what the movie that kicked it out was, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> uh, Nightmare Alley. Uh, honorable mention. Really, I love mystery movies. Guillermo del Toro, top of his game there. Uh, I love the ending, the the hollowness of it. The Secrets of Dumbledore, actually on the list, because I love me some Harry Potter, but I'm getting better at discarding the disingenuous stuff of like, look, I know I really liked it, but I recognize it's not the peak of filmmaking. That's uh, very mature of you. I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of working on it, don't get, don't kill me. Everything, everywhere, all at once. You sick bastard. Okay, look, 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 look. I thought about it. I was like, okay, why wouldn't this movie be? And it's because I have a lot of personal reasons. My top 10 are more personal based rather than quality based. If I loved it or had a good experience watching it, it goes on the list versus everything, everywhere, all at once, which was an amazing film. Like an A movie, but also I had 10 other experiences at the theaters that were better than this, if that makes sense. Or personal reasons why. Fuck you. Uh, (laughs) The Gray Man, which was just like a stupidly fun action movie that I think we need. Every year we need at least one really good, dumb action movie. And The Gray Man was that. Um, Elvis, which made me an Elvis fan, believe it or not. Uh, I only ever liked that one song from Lilo and Stitch. Smile, mm-hmm. which was, I think, the oh, best. Oh, Smile was so good. Yeah. But I think it was, like, the highest grossing <sighs> horror film of the year, which props to them. I don't know how they're going to do the sequel, but props. Um, Let me see what else. Uh, I mentioned. Oh, here's one that you probably didn't see coming. Halloween Ends. Very conflicted on that one. Very conflicted on that one. I've, I've gone back to rewatch it, and although I legitimately think I could have done it better, it's a, it's a, it's a, how often do you see a definitive end to a horror legend? No, it's still rebooted it's in five years, but right now Michael Myers is dead. Black Panther 2, an amazing story about grief, uh, moving forward. Also great for representation, especially for us. Appreciate that. The Menu, the really weird movie that came out of nowhere that was actually good, almost like Nightmare Alley. Um, mm-hmm. Pinocchio, and lastly, Pearl. I liked Pearl way more than X. Nothing against X is just, God damn, that monologue at the very end was incredible. Yeah. Um, All yeah, right. Those are my honorable mentions. All right. So that's our honorable mentions. Uh, I start. Uh, I guess sure. I start. All right. So. Ten uh, seconds left. 
All right, 10. So number 10, um, this wasn't your honorable mentions. Uh, and it's, uh, it's uh, I am, like every year, I am puzzled by what you're going to put on your list because you start mentioning movies in the honorable mentions where I'm like, those those were the best movies of the year. Why are you not putting them there? Um, <laughs> but yeah, for number 10, so uh, surprise to no one because I praised the crap out of this movie, uh, Pinocchio. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio. Um, this was uh, so cute. This was uh, so like uh, sweet and well done and well executed and smart and a good retelling of a story it's like giving an amazing musician and having them cover one of the greatest songs of all time and he just knocks it out of the park uh there's a reason why the Toro is why the story is timeless and a reason why del toro is a master uh you combine them together it's like peanut butter and nutella like you have a great sandwich of awesomeness um it's uh I don't know anyone who saw it and didn't cry with it. Uh, uh I think uh it's it's the best some of the best stop motion that we've ever had. Um stop motion is never is never gonna age, like it's always gonna look amazing and 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 smart and genius. And I think the story like really perfect, really perfects it. Uh this is I think is the best Pinocchio that we've ever had. This is the best cricket that we've ever had, uh, possibly the best uh, uh Geppetto that we've ever had. And I like how the story uh, it takes a different turn by being so anti-capitalism. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I just ended up really, really loving it. I love uh, Pinocchio in this. I love Direction. I cannot wait to see what Del Toro does next. And he's going to sweep uh, come award season. So, um, yeah, freaking love Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. It's my number 10 on the list. You know, I, I don't know if they've released the Oscar nominations yet, but it should at very least be nominated for Best Original Score. At the very oh, least. definitely, definitely. It, the, the, it better. The splat is 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 getting that Oscar. Uh, the Oscar nominations come out, I think, on the twenty fourth. So that's when we'll know. So some yeah. bitches got about three days to you know get right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Your number ten. My number ten is a ten movie that left. I don't even think. What? Ten seconds left. <laughs> that's that's still ten. Yeah. Shut up. No, I can't think the actors. Uh, okay, so my number ten is a movie. I don't know if you watched it. I don't remember. No, I think you did. I don't remember. A little movie from Brad Pitt called uh, Bullet Train. Bullet Train. Fucking Bullet Train. <laughs> Can I tell you why? You took out everything, everywhere, all at once, and you kept Bullet Train. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Remember how I said that uh, I like to keep movies that have a bit more personal, personal like stake to it. I mean, fine, but you know. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not critiquing you for having Pinocchio on there, all right? I sense I made a mistake of some kind. <laughs> Shut up, Robin. I think that's right. <laughs> um, okay, so look, Bullet Train. When me and Nikki went to go watch it. She had zero expectation. I was stupid excited. I watched that trailer maybe 30 times before watching the actual film itself. And not only did it not disappoint, it was outrageously stupid, fun, great action sequences. And it was just, it was, it was fun. It was pure turn off your brain, great film. Uh, it was a revenge plot, which I honestly, again, I have some ideas of how they could have done it better, but when I think back on this year, when did I really have fun at the movie theaters? This movie was up there. This is the second most violent movie on my list. And it's it was so much fun. And Brad Pitt plays such a 
uh, a character that's just been through the ringer and all he's trying to do is be positive and like we can do better than this or I'm trying not to kill anyone anymore. I don't know. I just like his character. I liked all of that. Um, I can I can identify easily with a familiar drama, the familial drama between in Pinocchio and everything everywhere all at once. But sometimes I just want to have fun. And Bullet Train was fun. Bullet Train was Deadpool. Bullet Train was was John Wick. It was just fun. And sometimes yeah. you need to be able to turn off your brain and just have fun. I understand that. I can understand that. Um, you know, if, if you want to hear my own grabs about the movie, you can check out our, our review of it. Um, but okay, sure. If you had fun with it, that's that's what movies are for. Yeah. Let's go. Number All nine. right. Number nine. I don't have an audio for number nine, but you know, we'll just uh let me see if I can find just uh just something. Uh, Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. Okay, uh number n- <laughs> number nine. Uh this movie was the movie that took out Avatar and Black Panther from the list. So um and I am not sorry because I had a blast with it. But it's Pussy Boots, The Last Wish. My number nine. Ah, yes. Uh, Damn, okay. we got that one early. We pick the ballroom. We just dance. Yeah, I mean, we were bound to always, you know, I, I, I knew we were going to at least have at least one more that is, the, that, that is on the list. But okay, number nine, both of us, Pussy Boots, The Last Wish. Uh, good, because we didn't get a chance to review it. Okay, I just saw this, like, and, and I got to see it in theaters. And man, this was so fun. This right? was so freaking fun. Like, it was, the animation was booming. It was banging. Like, uh, when I saw Into the Spider-Verse in 2019, 2018, 2019, um, I wanted, the mo- the thing that I wanted the most about that movie, besides, you know, making money and winning Oscars and all that, I wanted that movie to be influential. I wanted animated movies to take the same leap, the same leap of faith that that movie took. And in the following years, you know, we've had things like uh, The Good Guys and um, Arcane on Netflix and, you know, other things that have adapted that kind of 2D plus 3D style. We've seen it in video games for like a long time, but we haven't seen it in like shows and movies. And finally, we're starting to see it in like in 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 another thing. So, whoever had the idea of making another Puss in Boots movie and turning it into this, thank you, because this was wonderful. Okay, the animation was amazing. It had like a little Attack on Titan tribute. It had a, the music was great. Puss was great. Uh, the perrito was fucking amazing. Uh, Man, nothing to dislike. There's nothing to dislike about this movie. Uh, as a kid that grew up watching Shrek, and uh, and you know you got to have like those little core memories coming back of like you know seeing the characters again. As hell, seeing the new DreamWorks intro was also great. Um, I don't know. I, I I freaking love it. There's nothing to dislike. The movie has a has a good story. It has a good message. And God, the animation was just. Oh, God, I wanted to inject it in my veins. It was so good. Uh, you know, I loved Avatar and I love Black Panther, but I'm an animation buff at the at the bottom of my heart. So if you have like beautiful, flowy animation, like you got me there. So yeah, number nine, Simbu's Last Wish. Go you ahead. You want to review it this week? I mean, we're already saying everything here, but... All right, then I'm going to sing all the praises, man. 
Yeah. I love that a kid's film did uh, a story arc where the hero falls and gets back up. I love the fact that this movie had the balls to put, to retire Puss in Boots for a bit to a crazy old cat lady's house. He grew yeah. a beard. He met this weird cat that turned out to be a chihuahua. The, the most adorable little chihuahua perito ever. And man, we all need someone like Perito in our lives. I know he he's the best version of Olaf. <laughs> he really he, is, right? He is yeah, Olaf he really with is. actual characteristics and a tragic backstory. <laughs> when they said they put a rock in the sock and threw me in the river, you just see like boots and 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 it was a kitten softballs. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh my god. Like you saw the oh. And then they have an amazing villain. We, we're gonna put aside, you know, Jack Horton with his little nursery rhyme, not even a fucking fairy tale. We're gonna put aside Go to Locks and the Three Bears, who had their own really great storyline. Yeah. I wanna talk about death. What a great villain, right? What a I, genuinely scary villain. The thing is, is look, man, animation doesn't normally scare me. That dude with his piercing red eyes, scary. And that his whistle just the call when he knew he was coming, he's a great villain, an amazing villain, someone that genuinely instills fear. And even towards the end where uh, where Kisoff Paul's Goldilocks the Bears, when everyone's like, what the fuck is that? And they see death and you see Puss's face, Puss is scared. Most yeah. movies don't let the villain, don't let the hero get scared or frightened or, or don't know what they're doing. No, Puss was terrified. But it got to a point where he stood his ground. And and <clears throat> the fact that they leave on amicable terms, the fact yeah. that I truly believe <clears throat> in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, when Hermione's telling the story, it said that the last brother welcomed death back, not as an adversary, but as an old friend. Yeah. I truly believe, and we'll probably never see it, but if Puss ever does see death again, I truly believe he'll be invited not as an adversary, but as an old friend. Yeah. You know, did you live a life worth living? I believe I yes. did. Yes. Yeah. Um, I believe I did. Yes. And a great story, a great message. And and that ending where they're going back to Far Far Away, we're going to go see some old friends. Yeah. I think we're entering a new stage of Shrek because Shrek 1 and 2, top tier animation, period. But when you get to Shrek's 3 and 4, kind of fall off a bit. The first Puss in Boots movie was good, but not great. This is easily the best DreamWorks film since Megamind. And I believe the people making this film, people who made this film, people that are going to make Shrek 5, are the people yeah. that grew up with Shrek 1 and 2 that have been mulling over those ideas. The kids that watched them grew up and they're like, this is how we're going to make it now. If anything, I'm so glad that animation is moving from, oh, we have to make it look realistic to we have to make it look with personality. And uh, and I think that's exactly what this movie does. And that's why it's number nine on the list. All right. Oh, yes. Puss and Boots so, is outstanding. Genuinely. Uh, and it came so late in the year, which is the thing that I'm, I, I'm surprising the most about. I just remember that I have a Shrek audio. Do you want me to play it? Play it. Two things. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> all right so we're doing number eight eight number eight all right so number eight 
is uh, a bit of a mystery, you know, little oh, mystery God, no. story. Yeah. No, no, no. no. We, had a myst- we had a great mystery movie this year uh, where, you know, there was uh, betrayal and drama and death and uh, really interesting accents, you know, just going all over the place. And uh, that movie was, um, you know, a lot of people like that movie. Um, and it was everywhere. It was promoted to shit. And it was uh, it, it was shoved down our throats because they, they thought that we were going to love it. And people did love it. That movie was called uh, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. I'm not going to hear to talk about that movie. Okay. People loved uh, gl- uh, Glass Onion. However... Around halfway through the year, another murder mystery movie came out and no one talked about it. And I never saw it. Uh, I had it in my radar, but I just never saw it. I remember when it came out in theaters and I didn't get a chance to see it. And then it came out on streaming and I was like, you know what? I'll check it out. You know, I I, I have some time off. I'll just uh, just check it out. Ended up being one of my favorite movies of the year. A little murder mystery movie called See How They Run. Oh, that's on my movies to watch. Okay, so see how they run. It's another uh, uh, murder mystery movie. It stars Sam Rockwell and Sir Sharon and Adrian Brody. And it is uh, uh, a detective, a constable, so like a junior detective, in the West End of 1950s London. Uh, where And the murder takes place in the middle of a play of Agatha Christie. So it's a murder mystery inside of a murder mystery. It just goes like all the way with it. It's so stylish. This is like if, if, uh, oh God, what's it called? Uh, imagine if, uh, God, what the fuck is his, fa- is his name? Uh, this, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, no, 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 the director. Uh, imagine if Wes Anderson and Edgar Wright did a murder mystery in 1950s London, okay? It's so stylish, it's so fast. The jokes are so good. Uh, Sam Rockwell plays like the main detective. He's kind of just there, honestly, like he's not the main uh, the, the main dish. The main dish is Saoirse Ronan as Constable Stalker. This is my favorite character that she's ever played. And she is such a treasure. She's such a good actress. And she's so young, she's my age, and she's been nominated like four times for the Oscar. And this is the most fun that I've had with a character with her because she's so funny, but she's always playing drama. And in this one, gosh, she's so stupidly funny playing this like junior detective that wants to do everything right. And she she has such good intentions, but she's so young and she's still learning. And God, she's always like walking around with like her little hat and like her little notebook and she's writing down everything. And there's even a moment where like uh, Sam Rockwell kind of turns to her and just goes like, do you what? Do you write down everything in that notebook? And she just goes, "Only the important stuff, sir." And then he goes, "Okay, how do you know if it's important?" And then she just goes, "Well, if it's important later, then I wrote it already." <laughs> like she's so sweet and she's so funny in this, and I cannot believe that this movie is just being ignored because it's so good and it's so funny. So I beg of everyone, if you haven't seen See How They Run, please check it out. To me, it's the best murder mystery of the year. And, you know, you you always say, hey, if it's a good year, I get at least one. Congratulations. You got like three this year. Okay. You just got to see them. 
Oh man, I didn't I didn't even so that's on my list. I was gonna mention that right before number one, Babylon, all quiet in the Western Front, blonde, and see yeah. how they run. Yeah. Um, but no, and I'm looking at it and man, she has been nominated four different times. Once for Best Supporting Actress for Atonement, and then for Brooklyn for Lady Bird, which I think you love that movie, and then I loved Little Women. Little Women, yes. But she's the girl uh, from uh from the lovely bones. I was like, where did I recognize her? There she is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, she's so funny in this. Uh, this might be like the, and also she's Irish and she's never allowed to do like her Irish accent. She was allowed to for this movie and it just works for the better. Like she, oh God, like she's, she's like the person you want on your team. You want her to be like your second, your second on command. Uh, she's great. So uh, the movie's great, but her performance to me is like the standout. Uh, it might be ignored during award season, which is very sad because they usually don't consider like comedy in this. But yeah, she was great. I loved her performance. And yeah, and I'm ready to see how they run. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Uh, my number eight is also includes a very strong female lead, but she uh, she deals with shit a little differently. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Prey. My number eight. Oh my God. Yeah. Prey. So... A movie that strips back everything you thought you knew about the Predator series and whatnot and puts it back in what, seven, in the 1700s, 1600s? Yeah. Um, with a Comanche, war- Comanche warrior, I believe, uh, defending her tribe. When she sees this monster, no one wants to believe her. No one thinks that she can hunt. And she goes after quite literally the biggest and worst thing probably on the goddamn continent. Um such a stripped down movie, but such a beautiful movie too. Like the landscape, everything was shot on site. Like it was not, uh, it was not CGI. Like they shot it there on site um, in the mountains, which, I mean, this movie had no right to be as good as it was. I remember the trailer. I remember Fernie messaging the group chat uh, saying, oh, look, like this is the concept for the new Predator movie. And I remember thinking, it's not going to work, but I'll watch it. I was blessfully happily surprised um a great film violent film a movie that also and and I, you know how i mentioned that uh most movies that i really enjoy i have like a personal touch to them yeah well, th- this movie i remember watching it while i was barbecuing and i was cutting meat for the boys and it was just i don't know it was it's a nice little memory to have with me and my dogs and stuff nikki was out doing something i don't remember what um yeah. But it, it's those little memories. I made burgers. That's what it was. I made burgers. <laughs> the dogs ate. They slept in my lap while we finished the movie. And it was, just, I don't know, it's a nice memory. It's a stupid thing, but it's the little things that matter to me. Uh, Absolutely. And I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I have a great memory with it. I look forward, if they do a sequel, if they decide to do more new approaches, because I hope that they do another Prey, but maybe this time in Feudal Japan with Samurai. Maybe another prey, but this time with the Vikings. Like, I hope they continue this trend of revisiting and throwing in iconic monsters or iconic creatures in different times of of the world. Yeah, I mean, it was always, to me, the second that I heard about it, I was like, that's such a great idea. Like, that's such a creative and ballsy idea. It's just bound to work, and it did. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that that movie, you know, ended up working. Um yeah anything else no just great movie if you haven't seen it you're doing yourself a disservice all right so that's new number eight right yes sir all right so number seven i have a i have a serious audio or a funny audio which one do you want 
Yes. All right. We'll just do the funny one. Number seven. Student watches porn and gets naked. Okay. So that's number seven. Uh, what? It's just gonna be. It's just gonna be like that for like the rest of the the rest of the episode. Um, all right. Number seven. Uh, it was around my birthday when uh, I had a. I had a moment where I was like, hey, I want to, I decided to do like a day for myself. Like I'm always at work or I'm at home. Uh, if I'm not, you know, traveling to visit you or I'm, you know, I'm I'm usually just, you know, I don't know. I'll just have like a day where I'll just be by myself and I'll just, you know, I'll walk around. I'll see, I'll, I'll see what I find. And I did, I went out, I got coffee. I walked around. I did, uh, I did Shema things. And then on, uh, I decided to go to the movies because that's just what I find myself most of the time. And uh, one of my favorite directors dropped a movie that I knew was going to be dropping on Netflix soon, but they decided to push it a little bit to the to the theaters before before it came out. It, it came like completely out on Netflix. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go watch it in theaters. Uh, and yeah, these are the movies you watch in theaters. And uh, I might be the biggest champion of the movie because I'm not seeing enough people talk about it. Uh, but uh, this is this movie was made for me, so I kind of just feel like I need to talk about it. Uh, Alejandro Gonzalez, Inyaratu, Mexican director. You know, he's done. Uh, uh, he did Birdman. He did uh, The Revenant. Uh, he's done like a lot of great movies, and his new movie is called Bardo, False Chronicles of a Handful of Truths, and. Yeah, this movie was made for me. Now, you can watch this movie on Netflix now. Um, but I ended up, I watched it in theaters and I loved it. Uh, people have called this movie pretentious, long, self-inserted, uh, dramatical, like convoluted. And to that, I say, yes, and so fucking what? Okay? This movie had everything that I wanted. It was inspired by a lot of... Uh, Magical realism. It's about this uh, Mexican documentarian that uh, gets no respect in Mexico. He ends up traveling to the U.S. He has a lot of success in the U.S. And then uh, he comes back to Mexico because he's going to receive an award. And he wants to be in his family and friends want to celebrate him in Mexico. And he feels like such an outcast, even on the place where he was born. And he doesn't know if he uh, feels more comfortable in the place that is not his home to the place that is his home. He doesn't feel comfortable with his friends here, but he but he feels like uh, like like he's just pattering on, on the other side. He feels confused and it's a family story it's a dramatical story it's about being a father it's about being an immigrant it's about being so many great things while accompanied by amazing visuals this is one of the most amazing looking movies the whole year and people are not watching it people are not talking about it uh it's amazing the 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 thing of he, the visuals that accompany this movie and how it plays around with it of like, is this in his dreams? Is this happening? Is this part of his documentation? Like, is this part of like a crew? Like what is happening? It's so confusing and so trippy and so smart that by the end, I just, I could not stop watching it. This is Mexico's submission for the best uh, foreign language film in, uh, in the Oscars. I, I, I would be so sad if he doesn't at least get a nomination because uh, Iñárritu is such a talent and such a gem and he's giving us so many great movies. Uh, and the fact that he took his time, he hasn't directed a movie since The Revenant. Um, and the fact that he came back to Mexico to do this, uh, this very clearly personal story 
I am. I'm so glad he got it told. I'm so glad that Netflix picked it up and that it's available. Anyone can watch it right now. Go do yourself a favor and try it because it's so, it's so good. Uh, I I want to imagine what people who don't get like all the Mexican parts of it like think about it and hopefully you know learn uh, from mm-hmm. it. Um, but I found it just so appealing and so personal. And yeah, it's on my list because of all of those things and more. So that's uh, that's my number seven, Bardo, False Chronicles of a Handful of Truths. I guess it has to be on my list now. I got to watch it at some point. Oh yeah, it's great, man. It's great. Um, I will uh, see your your movie that you haven't seen, and I will raise you a film you've never seen. I I can probably guarantee. I reviewed right. it. I don't know. If we reviewed it. Okay. Hustle. Hustle number seven. My number seven is Hustle. Do you know it? Do you remember it? That's your number seven. Yes. Go ahead. Number seven. Okay. <laughs> now, Hustle is a movie from... Let me pull this up. It did drop on Netflix. Uh, from Jeremiah Zagar? Zagar. Yeah. Produced by one LeBron James, believe it or not. The movie is mm-hmm. actually great. It stars um, Adam Adam Sandler. Yeah. I think you're familiar with Adam Sandler. Uh, uh, I am, Queen Latifah is also in it, Ben Foster, Kim Smith, Anthony Edwards, Robert Duvall. And I believe the acting uh, debut of one, one, I'm going to mispronounce this so bad. Juan Alberto Guerrero, G-E-U-E-R. He's a Spanish player uh, for the Toronto Raptors. This movie tells the story of uh, a, a scout and a coach for the 76ers, a man by the name of Stanley, Stan the man. Who has yeah. a notorious uh, uh, past? He he was a good player, not great, but good in college. Um, there was a car crash. He was drunk. He was drunk with his friends. But in that moment, when the crash was about to happen, he saved his friend. It, he destroyed his arm, but he saved his friend's life. In exchange, he he's very well respected, you know, in the basketball community. He finds this young man, this very talented man by the name of Bo Cruz. Um. And wants to bring him to the U.S. No one wants to give him a chance because he's either too old, he doesn't have the fundamentals, blah, blah, blah. Go find us some better talent. And it's like, no, this kid has it raw. And when Stanley, when the boss uh, passes away and his douchebag of a son takes over, he essentially, he tells him, either you listen to me or I'm going to fire you. Stan quits. And you see this incredible work ethic and relationship, almost father and son like, between Stan and Bo blossom into this partnership where they both fight. They both get angry with each other, but they work together and they work through it. They Stan sees a kid that he believes in and the kid Bo sees a father figure, someone who's trying to teach him how to live a better life because Bo doesn't have the cleanest past either. Um, and it's just, it's this almost Rocky-esque moment, but a little more from the side of Mickey but there's just so much more to it than that, though. You see this guy trying to do better, trying to do well for his family. You see his daughter, you know, that he's trying to provide for and his mother. It's just it's good and it's funny and it's heartfelt. And and the physicality of it, you, you see what some professional athletes have to go through. Some mm-hmm. are the rich guys that have everything handed to them or whatnot. <laughs> but you see raw talent trying to, to be exceptional, be good and be better. Mm-hmm. Well, what's what's the phrase? The American dream personified. The actual American dream. Work hard and hopefully you'll succeed. And the movie yeah. ends with, I want to say like a bittersweet ending, 
Uh, Bo wasn't even drafted. They were going to kick him out. Like, they weren't going to give him a chance. He plays a five-on-five game, beats the number one most wanted player in the country, and then it fast-forwards to a year later, right? And the new season's going to start. Bo Cruz is playing for the Boston Celtics. Stan Lee is the assistant head coach for the 76ers, and they're about to play against each other. And mm. right before the game's about to start, they meet in the middle, and they say, hey, how you been? Hey, look at my shirt or whatever. And you see Bo has a tattoo of a tree, and it's Stanley's name on it. Yeah. Because the whole strong, like, oh, be his tree, lean on him. Like, that was a theme throughout the whole movie. And then at the end, Stanley tells one of his players, hey, man, he likes to double trip to the left and then go to the right. Watch him. Like, he's a <laughs> <laughs> and like they have this healthy comp- like it's oh it's so good it's so fucking good it's nice to see a guy get what he deserves you know what i yeah. mean yeah yeah like um, i said like i said movies felt like that victory this year like they just yeah it, it was great and i anyone who doesn't know anything about basketball watch hustle you'll learn a thing or two i know i did <laughs> all right well is it is this a true story or not not based on true story, but I can guarantee you there are probably stories very similar in the NBA. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So that's your number seven, right? Correct. All right. Number six. Number six. Man urinates on fellow passenger for not being allowed to smoke. Okay. So. <laughs> that was a weird one, but okay. <laughs> All right. Number six. Um, another movie that I saw late in the year and that it's doing the Oscar rounds right now. I I try to watch most of the Oscar films before before the Oscars come out, and I I saw this one just as part of the list, and I was like, uh, what what's what's so good about this movie? Well, it's so good, it ended up top six in the in my list. Uh, the Banshees of Inisherin. Hey, okay? have you heard of this movie? Yes, I have. That is also on my list. Oh my god! Okay, okay, then we'll it, you know no 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 no. no. Go. I know what happens. I know. Okay. I just want to see the experience. Wait, your list of like of your top ten or like your list of to watch? To watch. Okay. All right. Well, the Banshees of Inner Sharon is about it's a uh, stars Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell, and Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson, of course, played Mad Eye Moody in Harry Potter. That's that's how most of us know him. Uh, uh, so it's the two of them. They play lifelong friends in the i in the island of Inner Sharon, and uh, I think it's the twenties, forties. It's the, uh, they don't really say it's around the time of the Irish war. Anyway, um, yeah, they're two lifelong friends. And one day, you know, uh, uh, happy-go-lucky Colin Farrell just, just walking around so happy. His introduction is amazing because he just walks in. He's literally got a rainbow behind him because he's so happy and so jolly. <laughs> and he goes to meet uh, Mr. Gleason and he's like, hey, meet you at the pub, man. And he just goes to the pub and he orders two beers and he's so happy to hang out with his friend like every day. And then he just sits down and his friend comes in and then he just goes, I don't like you anymore. I don't want to be your friend anymore. And he goes, but why? It's like, you're dull. I don't know. I don't like you. Like, I, I, I'm old. Like, I, I don't want to be your friend. Like, like, we've had a little good run. Let's just say we're done. Like, we, we've been friends for so long. Why would we continue? And he just goes, because because you're my friend. Like, what, why would we stop? He goes because I don't like you anymore, and then he goes, "But you liked me yesterday. Like, what, what, what changed?" <laughs> and that's the whole movie. The whole movie is just one of them going, "I don't want to be your friend." They're going like, "But why?" Like, that's it. And it's a dark comedy, and it's directed by Martin Martin uh, McDonough, who also did uh, Three Billboards, 
outside Ebbing, Missouri. He did uh, In Bruges, and now he does uh, this movie. This movie is too good. It's a little too good, okay? it's uh, it, it stretches out this dynamic of these two lifelong friends and just what happens when one of them says, like, we're done. No hard feelings. I'm not mad at you. You didn't do anything wrong. Just we're done. And this is a subject that I don't think is explored enough in movies or in narratives. Like, we don't see friendships ending for no reason. And at first, uh, Brandon Gleason gives him, like, a reason. Like, hey, I'm older. Yeah. I, th- I haven't done enough things in my life to feel proud of. And I feel like you're holding me back to which the other one goes like, what do you mean? Like, okay, maybe we didn't do anything that's going to survive us, but I was kind. Like I was nice. I was nice enough throughout your life. Like, th- doesn't that count for something? And that becomes a struggle of ideologies. Like he cares to be remembered after he's done. He cares to just remember to be remembered as long as, you know, we're living. And after that, it doesn't matter. And the drama is good. But then in the background of all this, there's a lot of things that are happening. Uh, Colin Farrell has a sister played by Carrie Condon, who also has like her own story arc. Uh, Barry Cohen, who's been on fire in this past few years. He also plays like this little boy who is also in the in the in the little island, who's also causing a bit of a, a bit of trouble there. And the movie balances out the drama and the humor so well that it's really hard to dislike. Um Colin Farrell, I think, is a, might be a lock for best actor uh, just because of his performance in this. Uh, also, his eyebrows are like, his eyebrows are the ones that are going to be nominated because Jesus Christ, he has some, some expressive ass eyebrows. Um, I love that. I love that this movie exists and I love that it's a narrative that it's uh, weighing on us and, and continuing on. And I like that these ideas are being explored uh, uh, throughout. So I love the Banshees of Inner Sharon. I think it's a. Great movie. Also, there's a dog in it, and that's always, you know, a good thing. Also, there's a there's a there's a donkey in it too. So um, yeah, nothing to dislike in this one. Also, the movie was all shot in like an actual island, so no CGI was done here, and it huh. looks amazing. So uh yeah, loved it, loved it, loved it. Probably one of my favorite of the Oscar contenders. Uh yeah, love the banshees of finishing. I okay, I, it's on the list. I as soon as I watch it, I will let you know. Sounds great. All right, um, you're number six. Number six, man urinates on fellow passenger for not being allowed to smoke. There we go. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to send Santa to fight you. My number six is Violent Night. Oh, nice. Uh, Violent Night, a, a new Christmas classic, and I'll fist fight anyone that says otherwise. Um, This movie, the tr- it's it's nuts. Again, it's nuts, but in a fun way. I saw it for my birthday. Um, I regret watching it on my birthday. I'll be honest with you. I I probably should have seen it with a bro or Nikki. I watched it with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a mistake. That was a big mistake. I found myself apologizing a lot because I didn't realize how violent it was going to get. Um but it was fun. Again, it was another dumb, fun action movie. But also, it's okay. The past couple of years, every time Christmas comes around and and the the Thanksgiving and all that, I've been too busy to really enjoy it, to really sit down and enjoy Christmas and enjoy New Year's and Thanksgiving to really soak up the holiday season. You know what I mean? It feels like mm-hmm. everything was a chore the past couple of years. So this year, new job more availability more i guess time more room 
I was watching Christmas movies left and right. I was I decorated and I had fun, and I'll get to the decorating part later. Um, but I tried to really enjoy myself this December when it came to Christmas and the holiday season, seeing family and friends and everyone. And Violent Night was, I mean, the wrapping paper to that. It, it was just a great moment, it was a great time, and it helped me kick off my Christmas, you know, fury. I watched probably like 15 uh different Christmas movies this year in December alone because it's just it was the best time of the year when you're a kid and when you're an adult I think you lose sight of that and I think this well this past year December was me trying to refine it and I think I did and this movie was a big part of it amazing because it's a movie about you know killing and blood and you know and explosions <laughs> it took it took uh and nails <laughs> and bowling balls it took Home Alone to his next logical conclusion. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I had a blast. I had a blast with that movie. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yeah, my yeah. number six, Violent Night. All right, number five. Number five, passenger dragged off flight and severely injured. Wait, why was he <laughs> severely injured, Arnold? High five. I don't know. <laughs> Damn it. All right, so number five. Uh, I saw this movie. You saw this movie. Your wife saw this movie, and I pushed everyone into watching this movie because it was so good. And I, I think it left all of us with like a really good feeling in our in our in our insides and our outsides. And it reminded me that like in all the movies that felt like a victory this year, this one felt like an emotional, personal one uh, because it felt too real. And it's not, and like you said before, it's nice. It's nice to see someone win, and someone learn, and someone succeed. Number five, cha cha, real smooth. So, hey. yeah. So nothing to dislike in this one. Cooper Rave is such a force in Hollywood right now as a writer, director, and actor. And the fact that he managed to pull this movie out is insane. Okay, it's about. Uh, 22 year old fresh out of college you know he has no idea what he's gonna do he gets a job as a party starter for bar mitzvahs and he beca- he begins a, a unique uh, relationship with uh with Dakota Johnson and and her and her teenage daughter and my god if this movie was not just nice and quiet and funny and emotional and real and it fe- it made me feel all of the things but in a good way. Like, it made me feel hopeful about the future. It made me feel hopeful about a generation. It made me feel good about humanity, honestly. And it did so much by just portraying a real story. Like, you can believe that this is some... Like, if someone... If if a cousin came up to you and told you, like, hey, you'll never guess what happens to my other cousin. And they'll tell you the the, the plot of this movie. You'll believe them. Like, this could be a thing that could happen. Um, And this... it, It just feels nice to have a movie that its own purpose is to show empathy and to show uh, uh, empathy for its character, for all the characters, really. There's no clear villain in this. And I just had so much fun with it. So, yeah, uh, I love Cha-Cha Real Smooth. It's my number five. You know, one of the, I think, most underrated things about that movie, and I, I know there's so much going on, but I think there's two things that were really underrated or two things yeah. that stood out to me besides the obvious was the moment where he tells his mom thank you for giving me a great childhood like oh absolutely yeah i balled with that oh i called my mom i called my mom (laughs) and i was like hey mom like i don't know if i ever said this enough but thank you for being a good mom to me and taking me to go watch all those crappy movies when i was a kid 
<laughs> so I no, for real, man. Um, and also yeah. the scene that I didn't expect at all was when the husband, like after Andrew went to go talk to to um to Domino and yeah. she's like, go and leave, and the, the husband comes out, and I think he's gonna whoop his ass. Don't you yeah. come near my wife again? Thank you for taking care of my wife and my daughter. Yeah. Because that's the mature thing to do. When you're 22, it's about fighting and it's about being dumb and not like thinking. But when you're older, it's like, no, like he like, thank you. Like he he was mature enough to not let his masculinity become toxic. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, Charles Trevor Smith was awesome. I, I would watch it again and I would recommend it to other people. Hell yeah. Um, so that All was right, number five, so... right? Number five. Passenger dragged off flight and severely injured. <laughs> you tell me the second that stopped that that starts getting old, but I have I have four more. So <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna have enough time for it to get old. Um, <laughs> so speaking of of uh, trying to find yourself growing up uh, and learning about yourself and whatnot and a coming of age story, let's talk about the Fablemans. Oh, nice. Um, the Fablemans, uh, a semi-autobiographical uh, movie from Steven Spielberg, um, chronicles his rise, learning to be a director, wanting, growing up, uh, his parents' uh, inevitable separation, divorce, all the sad stuff that comes with it. Uh, we have the Riddler playing his father, which was a little weird, but okay. Yeah. We have Miss, is it Haley Williams? Uh, Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams, thank you. Uh, playing uh, a very, I, I want to almost say tragic character um, in this film, uh, a mother with uh, with uh, severe, well conditions. I would say that um, she's going through a lot on her side. Um, I watched a lot of video essays about it um, in mm-hmm. a, in accordance with the film, and Spielberg. One of the interviews, he actually stated, "This movie is about." Yes, it is partially about my parents' divorce, but it's also like a message about it because I kind of learned my parents taught me something. Not necessarily that all marriages should be broken or whatever, but that uh, you don't owe anyone your life. That's how he was able to forgive his mother for the for the affair. You know, <laughs> it's like you were unhappy. You you didn't necessarily do it right, but I understand why you had to leave. I understand you, uh, which is again a very mature thing. Uh, on another aspect, though, I also gravitated towards it because I understood the kid's plight when it came to growing up. You know, his father supported him, but also, hey, this is a hobby. No, I want it to be my career. I understand having that relationship with your dad where, you know, you're on one side and he's on the other. Not necessarily antagonistic, but he sees something different. You see something different and you mm-hmm. clash. Yeah. Um, this kid trying to fit in in school, being picked on. I wasn't picked on for, you know, being Jewish, but this anti-Semitic bullshit's going too far. Uh, that said, though, I can I can understand him wanting to just get along and and wanting people to just you know, hey, do we have to fight? Can we be nice to each other? Like for fuck's sake, yeah. like shit's not okay all the time. Um, yeah. And I get it, and and I felt a personal connection to this character, maybe more than any other character this year i felt like i saw myself in him and i understood his struggle um yeah it, it just resonated it resonated and it's a, a it's a movie i can watch maybe another 10 times and i'll find something new each time um the fablemans is my number five 
It's it was such a good movie and it had so many great scenes. Possibly one of my favorite endings to a movie this year, uh, with him meeting John Ford and played by David Lynch and just the 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 movie coming up, like having the sunset. <laughs> the top. It was just it was a great ending, man. It was one of the that, better endings. Also, no, but the last yeah. part where he adjusts, like, oh, wait, he adjusts the camera. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's one oh, of the most that... loveliest endings to a movie ever. Yeah, <laughs> and also. Uh, also, people don't talk about this, but I hope this movie, if it does something good, it's being like, hey, this kid's parents got divorced and he became Spielberg. So, hey, divorce is not that bad, you know, because like if his parents would have stayed together, maybe he wouldn't have become Spielberg. So, like, you know, well, we don't know. I, I, I remember this meme. You just remind me of this meme where it's Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec where he does the face. Oh, yeah. The dad says, hey, son, you like Christmas? Yeah. How would you like two Christmases? <laughs> <laughs> you dumbass. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my number five. You're number four, sir. Number four. Pilot dies mid-flight. <laughs> that's just... That's not even funny. That's a nightmare. <laughs> what is wrong Get with you? Fuck, four eyes. All right. That's the other one I have. Get Four eyes. Okay. Where's that from? That's from uh Shot of Death. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. So number four. So um an ongoing topic that we've had this year and that we have always on, on this podcast is that I'm a big anime fan. Uh I, I love anime. I watched uh, probably too much. <laughs> anime and uh i watch anime shows i watch anime movies uh i freaking love anime you can't tell from this side of the room but you can probably tell from the other side and uh uh you know the way that you like dc i feel about uh anime you know i don't have a specific property that i'm uh overly attached to uh but i do love it um uh i mean look this this this, this is my phone back this is my phone case so like <laughs> You know, you can tell something from it. Uh, good thing we're doing it on video. That's that's Chainsaw Man. Um, Chainsaw Man is also my phone background. So, you know, do that tell. what you will. Uh, yeah. Batman, the oh, yeah. ghost. Oh, yeah. You've had that. There was a point in your life where you had Henry Cavill shirtless as your phone background, didn't you? No. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, I, wait, I might have for gym motivation's sake, actually. I might have. <laughs> like, I can get ripped like Superman. No, you can't. No, okay. You cannot. Anyway, what I'm going with what I'm going with this is that I love anime so much. Usually I get at least one very good anime movie this year, sometimes two if I'm very lucky. This year I got one very early in the year, and I'm so glad that I did. Um, but it's a little hard to explain because it's technically a prequel to a show. So there's there's an anime called Jujutsu Kaisen, and it's about this uh this this trio of students in this uh almost like uh not magic, not wizarding, but like they call it uh let's call it uh what do they call it? Uh mm, they call it Jujutsu Tekai. It's uh it's like magic, but it's also like you know, demon exercising school. Okay. And okay. Jujutsu oh, Tech. Exorcisms? Almost, yeah. Uh, that the show is Jujutsu Kaisen, and then there's a prequel, a movie prequel, which is my number five, and it's Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. And so in the show, we have this trio of students, and they have like a trio of students that are above them. 
uh, and they they come up on the show, and the movie is a story of the students that are above them. So you can watch the movie without having seen the show because it's a prequel, or you can watch it as a prequel, and it's great. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero it's an adaptation of the prequel manga, and it's a story of this uh, the students and. Mappa, who is an uh, animation studio, they did Chainsaw Man. They've done Attack, the new seasons of Attack on Titan. They did Jujutsu Kaisen. They are killing it right now on the anime game. They are the undisputed kings of anime right now. And their adaptation of Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is freaking amazing. It's got fighting. It's got blood. It's got demons. It's got exercising. It's got action. It's got drama. It's got so much good things. This is a great introduction to the series and a good introduction to the show and a good introduction to the characters. Fuck, uh, sitting uh, in front of me right now is a Gojo, the teacher. I have a figure of him <laughs> just chilling there. Uh, this is the most powerful motherfucker on the planet. He would uh, turn Goku into a pancake. And he, uh, the movie is so good at just letting these characters just go off and be themselves and uh, having these fights and having these combats and the animation is so good. The monsters in this feel like Yu-Gi-Oh monsters. Like they, they feel very creative and original and look awesome. And uh, it's kind of this cross between, it's like everything that doesn't work about Naruto, they make it work in this because the characters actually like each other. Um, the action is great. The characters are great. I have, it's got a giant panda that talks. Like there's just nothing to dislike about Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. And I implore everyone to check it out if you were a fan of the show or hell, if you if you haven't watched the show, watch this movie. And hopefully you want to watch the show after that because it's so fun. What are you looking for? What are you Googling? Uh, I'm trying to look it up right now. I'm trying to see because the thought of, of an anime it's about exorcisms and whatnot. Yeah. I'm like, I'm kind of interested. You send me the information. I want to see this now. Sounds great. Yeah. I think you can find the show on Hulu. Uh, if not, uh, I'll give you my Crunchyroll account. You can watch it there. Uh, I'll just download it illegally like I do everything else. Please deposit five coins. Anyway, so coming back to this. God damn it! <laughs> anyway, coming back to this, um, no, I I, I love to use guys and zero. Big fan of the of the movie. Uh, the show. You know what? If you're gonna watch it, I, watch the movie first and then watch the show. Really? Because I think uh, I think uh, it, it would be interesting to see like what you think about this and then uh, after because the show came out first before the before the movie. Uh, but it, the show, technically the movie is a prequel, and you can watch the movie without having seen the show, and you you won't be confused. Um, so yeah. But uh, yeah, nothing to dislike about Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Really great movie. I gotta watch it. Okay, that's on the list now. All uh, right. So my number four. Number four. Number four. Pilot dies mid-flight. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so speaking of death, my number four is uh, it's a bit different. I can't do the accent. I'm not even going to fucking try. Glass Onion, ladies and gentlemen. Glass <laughs> Onion is my number four. Uh, the second best detective movie of the year. Glass um, Onion was just a boatload of fun. And I, I can give you two shots. Um, the memory and why it's so good. The memory is me and Nikki were watching it while we were decorating for... Uh, no, while we were either decorating or wrapping Christmas gifts. Uh, the thing is, so I showed Nikki Knives out. And it's yeah. rare, rare for her to predict something and be wrong. She watches so okay. much movie, so many movies. Mm -hmm. um, 
she really enjoyed Knives Out. We saw it during COVID times. That we had a fort in the living room. It, it's a good memory that we have uh, back when when we saw Knives Out. So we were both really looking forward to Glass Onion. And I just remember me and her were both watching it for everything. Because we both knew we could solve the mystery in advance if we see it. And we neither one of us did. We both figured out that, like, no, like, that douchebag is the killer. Uh, uh, the the one who's not Hulk. Uh, yeah. Norman. We both knew he was the killer, but how the fuck did he do it? Um, and no one, we did not see that twist coming midway through where it turns out that it's the twin sister. Like, what? But it worked. Daniel Craig and how fashionable he is, how amazing he looked. The story unraveling, the, the so many quotable things. It's so dumb. It's stupid. It's brilliant. No, no, it's just dumb. No, it's just dumb. Like the, yeah. the, the, the critique of, of modern America and how we hold these billionaires up here when in reality they're just as stupid as well the dumbest of us um the commentary of this white douchebag that's never had an original thought in his life making his bones off of women and people of color you know you will all be below me i am the best of the best the idea that the the takedown of elon musk just ah and again it wasn't on purpose they actually asked ryan johnson was this on purpose like did you plan this release he's like dude how the fuck was I going to know that Elon <laughs> Musk would have a meltdown when I was filming this a year ago? Like, no chance in hell. But it worked. Um, and even the audience goes for the ride, where initially we all kind of interpret this this uh, bronze as this brilliant billionaire, you know, guy who's ahead of the curve. But when in reality, motherfuckers never had an original thought. He's just Charles Manson with a, with a, with a tie. Um, mm -hmm. Glass Onion, there was so much to it. So, so much. Um, do you know what Glass Onion is? Yeah, uh, so I know song? that it was a Beatles song, yeah. And then, oh, did, uh, did I tell you the story about it then? Of why the Beatles made it? Yeah, uh, okay. that they, they, yeah, they just they, they didn't want people looking too into their lyrics. It's nothing, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, okay, so, um, yeah, Glass Onion, damn, damn great movie, damn great experience. And the best experience I had watching a movie at home. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. The next three are all theater exclusives. All right. Okay. So that's your number four, right? Yes, sir. All right. Number three. Number three. Man takes selfie with plane hijacker. Okay. All right. Let me get ready for this. <clears throat> Thursday, October 31st. The city streets are crowded for the holiday. Even with the rain, hidden in the chaos is the element, waiting to strike like snakes. And I'm there too, watching. Two years of nights have turned me into a nocturnal animal. I must choose my targets carefully. It's a big city. I can't be everywhere, but they don't know where I am. We have a signal now for when I'm needed. When the light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning. To them, fear is a tool. They think I'm hiding for the shadows, but I am the shadows. I wish I could say I'm making a difference. But I don't know. Murder, robberies, assault. Two years later, they wish I could say I'm making a difference. But I don't know. Murder, robberies, assault. I read that again. The seed is eating itself. Maybe it can't be saved, but I have to try. Push myself. These knights are rolled together in a rush behind the mask. Sometimes in the morning, I have to force myself to remember everything that happened. 
I should have played the song in the background. God damn it. Anyway, number three is the Batman. Okay. This came out super early in the year. What was it? February? No, March. Or like March? Yeah, it came out super early. And I cannot believe how, Jesus, how good that movie was. I've watched it a couple times since then and got the Batman. That's the movie, man. Like, that is the movie. Like, people are going to think of, you know, oh, this is this, this is that. Like, this is the movie that, like, had everyone on the same page okay uh robert pattinson was a controversial choice choice as batman guess what every actor that has been cast as batman has been a controversial choice all of them i did not expect anything bad because i've been a i've been a fan of of, of our pads for like a long time now uh and he did he delivered delivered in this movie every uh, this movie with his two and 45 minute uh runtime Matt Reeves, every cast member, every production, props to all of you. This was the movie. Like, this movie's called The Batman because it's the Batman. Like, there could be other stories about Batman, and there will always be other stories about Batman. This is the one that I'm so glad that we got in, in theaters. Like, if they decide to not make another one, I mean, they won't because they're going to make more, but this is the one that I'm going to remember more fondly. I love how Gotham City looked. I love the atmosphere. I love the actors. Hell, Colin Farrell as the Penguin is awesome. Uh, God, it's just nothing to dislike here. Absolutely love it. We both gave it a 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10. Absolutely adored the Batman. Uh, I watched this more than once in theaters. I've seen it more times at home. And yeah, can don't have anything bad to say about it. Number three is the Batman. Fair enough. Um, we'll talk more about that later. Um, I knew it. Yeah, but uh, that's it. Let's talk about number three. Let's talk about movie yeah. theater experiences. Let's talk about a movie that was nothing but spectacle. A film I didn't want to like. To be frank, I really did not want to like this movie as much as I did, but god damn it, if this son of a bitch, if this Scientology son of a bitch couldn't get me in, ladies and gentlemen, Top Gun Maverick. Um, okay, a movie that, and I really thought about, I'm like, do I really like it this much? And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I came to under, I came to an understanding. This movie is an anomaly because I think it perfectly captures what 80s movies were while <laughs> presenting them in a modern day style. It is the perfect 80s film of today. Um, this movie's budget was 170 million. I'm sure like 20 million was for Tom Cruise, but they spent the other 150 mil on fuel for the Jets <laughs> because damn, this movie looked amazing and it was practically done. Yeah. None of this bullshit or just CGI it? No. They fucking did it. They recorded this film out in the actual open air. Um, there's this... Really, if you think about it, by the numbers movie, I mean, how the fuck is it 30 years after the original Top Gun, this movie comes out, and somehow it's good. It's really it's good. It's not good, it's great. Yeah. It's, 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 it's impeccable. And then, as the story of this guy who you shouldn't like, frankly, I shouldn't like Maverick, but I do. He's considered what the best pilot on the planet, possibly, probably, improbably. 
Uh, they even mentioned it in the in the trailer. He's the only living pilot who's ever seen active combat in the U.S. Um, yeah. He's the only pilot that's ever shot someone down. He knows his shit. He's been in it. And it's this guy who legitimately can still go when he wants to, when he has to. They expect him to train the new the new generation of recruits. Um, again, a story that makes sense on paper, a story that you would have expected in the early 2000s. You know, oh, you know, the, the, the student has become the teacher, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it just it, it goes and it goes. And this movie has heart and it has it has this conflict between this guy and his best friend's kid, his best friend passing away. Um, they're fighting and he has this love story. And then there's this, I don't want to say realistic, but this realistic interpretation of, Hey, we have this thing we need to get done. Otherwise we risk there being more nuclear warheads in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's weird because it's almost like a perfect send off and goodbye. I have, this weird feeling, and maybe I'm wrong. In ten years, I will look back and say, "You idiot." I think Tom Cruise is saying goodbye to maybe to acting or maybe his most iconic roles because he just said goodbye to Maverick. I don't think they're going to do a sequel. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but I don't know. He's leaving uh, Mission Impossible. I mean, I think Tom Cruise might be on his way out, and you know, jokes about his you know personal beliefs aside. This movie felt like a spectacle. It felt incredible to watch. It made you rile up. It made you feel like you were along for the ride. Um, the highest grossing film, second highest grossing film of the year, outpacing the Marvel juggernauts, believe it or not, um, had no right to be as good as it was. And again, we go back to personal stories. I, I remember uh, my father-in-law his favorite film is Top Gun. So we mm-hmm. knew the second that this movie was going to come out, we bought tickets immediately to go and watch it. And we took her whole family, all four of us, all five of us went to go watch it. And it was just an experience. And then we enjoyed it. It was fun. It's what a movie theater experience should be. A crazy mm-hmm. movie that you cannot shut up about. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. I um, mean, look, I've always said that if a movie can make yourself into like everyday lingo, uh, that's always a good thing. Uh, and every like every other day when I'm driving, like uh, like back from work, I usually I will usually just be and I'm in traffic. I'll usually go like talk to me, goose. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it works. It works. It um, does. Also underrated the movie from the song from uh, from Lady Gaga, "Hold My Hand." Like oh yeah. I dare you not to tell me that that's not a song that like was a top 10 hit on the radio. Um, there's thoughts of maybe doing a sequel, but it would be Top Gun Rooster around mm-hmm. Miles Teller's character. Um, I don't know if they're going to do it. Kind of hope they do. But yeah. I, I oh, am man. okay if they don't. Like, like I said, you know, this movie is the original movie is lighting in a bottle and catching it again is really hard. Catching it a third time, I think, is damn near impossible. So, I mean, you know what's the only thing I wish had happened? I wish they had killed Goose. I mean, I, I wish they had killed Maverick. Um, again, movies feel like victory. This year we win. Okay, this year it's okay if we don't have. I tragic, think if he had di- no, but hear me out. If he had died, saving Rooster, I think that would have been a good way to go out. Oh yes, but I'm kind of glad that he didn't because okay, so the original Top Gun is my mom's is one of my mom's favorite movies. Okay. So she was the one that was most excited to see this. And when we went to see it, 
she talked the entire movie because she was so happy and so excited to just see these characters again. And the whole, my whole audience was just kind of like on a high the whole time watching that movie. Like from the action scenes to like the drama scenes, like that scene when he takes Jennifer Connelly back home in the, in the bike and she like walk, she like gets out of the bike and like opens the door to her house and just walks in and leaves the door open. <laughs> yeah. Like, all, like everyone in the audience was like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, the audience was very interactive with this one. Yeah, like it was so interactive, and if a movie can do that to your audience, you know you've done good. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, good job, good job, uh, good job, Tom. Um, all right, so that's your number three, three, right? All right, number two, number two, clam chowder condom. So number two, why are these somehow getting worse? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, She's uh, uh, number two or three a prostitute in the country of Kazakhstan. Yeah, so uh, number two, you mentioned the word spectacle a lot in, in this uh, in this review. Now, um, I consider the second, my number two on the list, also a big spectacle, uh, but in a different way. Uh, the the word spectacle is actually like, you know, kind of synonymous with this movie. And uh, I'll be shocked because you don't mention you didn't mention it on your on your honorable mentions. I'll be shocked if it's not your number two as well. Uh, so uh I doubt it. You doubt it? You I know what's another you know what's another word for doubt? What? Nope. So uh nope. All right, so number two is nope. It's uh, it's uh, Jordan Peele, third movie, uh, starring uh, Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Kiki Palmer and Brandon Perea and Steven Yeun. And God, the movie, this is why you go to the movies, to watch movies like this. I watched it like two or three times in theaters because I loved it so much i watched it again wrapping christmas presents like i i love this movie so much man it was such a so fun such a great spectacle the 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 effects were probably the best effects of the year uh the story was great the execution was great the score that moment where where daniel kaluuya is is riding away on the horse he's being chased by the alien creature all the homages to Neon Genesis Evangelion and Akira and, and all that. Jesus Christ. Like, uh, this was a nerd's dream come true. And uh, shows that Jordan Peele is pro- probably the most important filmmaker of this generation because his movies have been nothing but back-to-back hit, double murder champions. And then this movie just proves... Uh, it might be my favorite of his three movies. And... There's nothing, I think, to dislike here. I love everything that it's trying to do. Every time I watch it, I find new things to like about it. Everyone that I know has, that has seen it has liked it. Uh, so I don't know. I I, I I don't have a lot of negatives to say. It, 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 the, the things that I used to have a negatives within the movie have been fixed by just watching it more times. And I think uh, I think that, that says a lot about the movie and how good it gets. And all of these movies do this, where they just get better with every rewatch. So... I think that's a sign of a great director. Um, just w- more on the rise than before. So yeah, number two is nope. Oof. Well, <clears throat> I already know you. You were okay with my number two, but I loved it. Number I loved two, it. it, it... Clam chowder condom. Yeah. No, 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 no. You will not 
fucking disgrace my number two with that one. Okay. Number two is a movie that, man, I, oh God, I had no right being. Again, I understand other people didn't like it. I loved it. I loved it. My number two is Lightyear. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, and and it's not so much it do, does it feed into my nostalgia for Toy Story, partially yes, but also unpartially it also feeds into my my inner child. Um, speaking of my inner child, give me one second. I'm gonna show you something real quick, folks. Okay. Uh, All right, we and, are blanking at the moment. Uh, while then, we're waiting, let's. Ta-da. Yeah, I'm back. All right, there we go. See yeah, this? There you go. Oh, that's a light year. Uh, that's ship. a light year. Yes, it not it broke into my office. Uh, stay, don't break. You're very valuable to me. Okay, uh, I loved Lightyear for me for several reasons. One, obviously, the nostalgia was part of it. It was a granted by the numbers. I will, I will fucking, I'll pull that. Fair enough. It was a bit by the numbers in the story, you know, Buzz being the villain or whatnot, you know, following orders to a toxic extent. I understand that. But fuck you if it wasn't some of the most fun that you will have in the theaters, especially with kids, especially a film that is so good that kids will love it and adults will enjoy it. A movie with legit action sequences, a beating heart, a really sad story when you think about it of him losing his friend. You know, trying to survive, Buzz losing his his partner, uh, watching her age, watching her kid's age, for the love of God. Um, I saw it with my family. I remember when the tickets first came out, I bought 10 tickets for this movie. And I, me, Nikki, both my nephews, both my nieces, both my sisters, and my mother went to go watch this movie. And I, I'm 99% sure I was more excited than any of them. And I'm including the kids. I was on the edge of my seat so much having fun. My mouth was open. I remember looking and I think I remember one of my sisters telling me, you, you look like a kid right now. Like I remember (laughs) you being four or five and acting like this and seeing you like this right now. Like I see it. And it's true. It's true. It was such a great movie to watch. Buzz's adventure, his origin story, the idea of that, you know, in 1995, uh, a boy named Andy got a toy uh, from his favorite movie. This is that movie. It just, it all worked. It all completely and utterly worked. Um, this movie did not deserve to bomb. This movie did not deserve to do as uh, not great as it did. I I, I know it bombed. A, I think it only made a very little profit. There was some controversy on a very like minor, minor, minor aspect of it, but fuck you. Going aside, man, I couldn't have had a better time in the theater. I only had one better time of the movies than this. Lightyear is my number two. A movie I will revisit. A movie I want that spacesuit. If I was filthy okay. rich, I would legitimately have that suit like made for me so I could wear it as a cosplay, like like to convention. Hand God, I would do it. Um, and yet Captain America as Buzz, what that makes that only makes sense. Mm-hmm. Also, one of the funniest cats, uh, oh, yeah, uh, the cat is socks. like the best part of the movie. Yeah, <gasps> you have five minutes, run. <laughs> ah, so that's my number two, Lightyear. If I if I, right. I can't gush over it enough, 
All right, number that was your number two. So we we go down to number one. Okay, I have three mm -hmm. audios for this. Which one do you want? Yes, number one, loose snake. <laughs> All right, I, I I have another one. One. Okay, yeah. and. Hey. Okay, so uh, number one, at the surprise of no one, at breaking the lowest, the highest ground that can be, surprising nothing, uh, you know, shocking no one, doing, uh, you know, just, you know, being the most easy thing to perceive in the history of the world, my number one is everything, everywhere, all at once. Like, I'm not shocked. Yeah, no one is shocked. Believe me. Like, I have a... When I said that movies feel like a victory, this is the highest achievement. This is the main uh, diamond in the crown. This is one of, genuinely, one of the best movies that I've seen in my entire life. This is a new classic. This is a new, uh, a new stretch. This is a new record. This is a new standard to get to. Okay, to me, this is this is what that movie represents and more. I think it's, it's stupidly creative. I think it's annoyingly profound. I think it's genuinely caring, full of creativity and empathy and intelligence and humor and great performances. And uh, it, it gave us back Kei Hyu Kwan as uh, as the as the dad. Michelle Yeoh plays her best plays her best performance in this movie. Stephanie Su uh, as the daughter and the villain uh, does great. Uh, the effects are amazing. The sound design is awesome. The rock scene is gonna live in my dreams and nightmares for the rest of my existence. And if anything, it's only. It's been out for less than a year, and I still think this is one of the best things that has happened in all of my lifetime. So I loved everything, everywhere, all, all at once. I have friends that listen to the show, and when that movie came out, they were like, are you going to do a review of everything, everywhere, all at once? And I said, yes, but it's going to be very bad, because the entire review is just going to be me going, oh, my God, it's so good. It's so good, you guys. It's so good. That's it. That's all I have to say. I have nothing but praises to sing about this movie. To me, it's beautiful and perfect and empathetic and great and creative. And it's everything that I go to the movies for. And I wish I had something more profound or intelligent to say about it. But this movie just said it by itself. If you have not seen everything everywhere all at once, you are missing out because that is the best movie of that of last year. It's my favorite movie of last year. And I think it's going to be in my top 10 favorite movies of all time for like a good while. Unless... And this can only be a, a, a blessing in disguise. We get something that's way better. So that is my number one. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. I remember the rumblings about it on social media when it first started about this little movie called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. That it's groundbreaking in multiverse uh, yeah. movies. I was like, can it really be that good? It was that good. It was really it was. good. Um, also, that meme of Jamie Lee Curtis cheering on her friend Michelle. Oh, she won. <laughs> and she's like, Yeah, 
Like, yeah. that, that's a hype woman. That's who you want in your corner. That really is who you want on your team. Yes. You want Laurie Strode on your team, always. It, whether Michael's coming for you or not, you want her on your side. Definitely. Um, all right. So you're also not shocking, not surprising. We all know it, number one. <laughs> you know, number uh, one, loose snake. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I wasn't even going to, I was going to make a joke. I was going to try to be misleading. I even thought about being like, look, guys, we all know Batman would be my number one, so I'm going to drop it. I'm like, you know yeah. what? Fuck you. I deserve to talk about this movie. My number one is the Batman. There this, it is. It has to be. It has to be. In maybe the best take, and I'm putting this film on par, possibly higher than The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, that one has the Joker, but this one has so, so, so much. This is has... It has my Batman, it has my action, it has a murder mystery, it has a great plot that takes its time. It's so, so intrinsic. I don't know what the right phrase is. There's so mm-hmm. much going on here. There's so much story going on here. From from, I, There's so many ways to examine it. From the corruption of the Gotham elite using the, the Gotham Renewal Fund for payoffs and for the dealing with the gangsters to this murderer that's taking out the competition. Really? I mean, if you think about it, the Riddler's doing Batman a favor because, hey, man, I'm going to clear the board for you. Mm-hmm. Just don't get in my way. I'm going to clear the board for you. I mean, if you think about it, Batman, he's kind of doing what you hope for. Um, yeah. Obviously, not murder. You have also this complicated story of these three orphans, each with a very different upbringing. Um, you have Bruce, who... I mean, Riddler even says it best, you know, that's not growing up like an orphan in that tower with all that money. You're not an orphan. Not like that. Bruce Wayne. Well, also, that's so good because it's also an examination of Bruce's mental state. The Batman is, is a defense mechanism to protect himself, to protect his psyche. That's what the Batman is. And the worst thing that could happen is that that mask comes off. So what happens in the police station? He lashes out. What happens when Selena tries to take it? He turns. When he thinks Edward Nigma is calling him and the mask has been taken away, you see him kind of curl up almost like a child. You see Batman like, fuck, he can't maintain eye contact. That's not because he's necessarily scared of the Riddler, but he feels like he's been outed. Like he sees past my mask. He sees past the way I protect myself. And we almost got him. And then you see Batman go right back into Batman mode. And it's just like, oh, fucking great. You you get a scared Bruce Wayne, scared to lose Alfred, scared to, to, to lose himself or, or what's going to happen to his city. This damaged little boy, the, the most examined version of the Batman I think we've ever had. This was the examination of Batman to what Heath Ledger's examination was to that particular Joker. In a sense, like, he brought out new layers we didn't even know we wanted to see. And then you see, again, the story of these three orphans, the Riddler, this kid that was orphaned because, let's be honest, Bruce Wayne's dad kind of caused it. You know, how the fuck could you not know that this mob boss was going to murder this guy just to have something on you? Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they talk about mental health in in somewhat of a productive way, I think, trying to seek help. 
but also it's kind of an examination of like what mental health seeking does in the public eye because mm-hmm. Martha Wayne had a mental breakdown. So she went to go, you know, see a, a therapist. She went to, she had to go to Arkham Asylum for a bit. God forbid the tabloids find out what's wrong with seeking mental health. Mm-hmm. And just so much more of that. There's action, there's suspense, there's this the most grounded take possible, but also you see him like running around. And also it does such great world building, but he doesn't beat you over the head with it. I think, I think uh, Batman used uh, Venom at one point to save Selina. Um, you also get this relationship of how Batman understands this kid that lost his father in the opening of the film, one orphan to another, or one man who lost his father to another. I understand your pain kid more than anyone else. Hell, at one point, uh, when the car crashes, it crashes the funeral of the former of the now dead mayor. When that car comes crashing in, Bruce goes for the kid. He doesn't try yeah. to save anyone else, even though that kid from the trajectory of the car is clearly not in danger. He saves that kid first and foremost because he understands him. He has a personal relationship there. Also, maybe the second most badass, or maybe the best badass um, Batmobile we've ever had in a film. The best Batmobile we ever had in a film. I have the score playing when I drive, and I feel like the Dark Knight. Dude, I have the tech the tech Lego version of it. It was a oh, bitch yeah. to make, but I'm proud of it. Um, but yeah, I I I'm sorry if I'm going in circles, but I don't know how to sing this the praises for this film enough. I mean, ten out of ten, A plus, all timer. Um, man, I just I love this movie. I think I've seen this movie more times than I've seen most other films this year combined. Like, mm-hmm. I've probably seen him at least like once. I've probably seen him maybe like eight or nine times. And this is a damn near three-hour film, so that's saying something, but I have. Yeah. Oh, that is that because it's a great film. Because it's a great film. That's why it's, it's in both of our lists and why we both enjoyed it. So there it is. That's the top ten. That is the top 10. That is top 10 of the year. Um, I think. Don't think we left anything out. Yeah. Are there any uh, movies that you haven't seen yet that you still want to watch? Well, um, maybe. Uh, I still have to see some of the Oscar movies. I have to see After Sun. I have to see a, a few more. I have to see Tar. I've heard a lot of good things about Tar. Uh, this next uh, like month or so is gonna be uh, just me catching up on more 2022 releases and before the Oscars, and then just dedicate myself to the to 2023. Uh, we already started on a good uh, place with Megan or Mithrigan, or they just announced a sequel. It's gonna be called Megan 2.0, which is a, a good way to go, I think. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I don't know how the, what the year in movies is gonna is gonna throw at us, but I do know that I'm excited for it because this this year can only be topped, honestly. So I believe that should cover everything. I want to thank all of you for watching and for listening to the Rollback Podcast. We are uh, so grateful to have people listen to us, check us out. So please keep recommending us. Please keep checking us out. Please let us get more subscribers on Eddie's Cousin. So we, uh, sorry, Eddie's nephew. Uh, uh, please. I'm going to tell him you said that. It would, it would feel so good if we did. It would feel so good if we did. So I call him uh, Anthony. Sorry, hey, kid. <laughs> I have more subscribers than you. Hang up. (laughs) 
Yes, we have to just keep going back and forth. That's that's the new goal. All right, so that should cover everything. Thank you so much for watching. My name is Shema. I've been Eddie. And this, and this was was the rollback. The rollback. No, that's the that's the wrong button. One day we will do this right. Wait, wait. <laughs> should, should we give a reminder? I have no reminders except go to the movies. Enjoy the movies. Yeah. Enjoy the movies. Want. Enjoy them with your friends. Enjoy them with the, enjoy it with your friend. Do a have a letterbox account. That's it. That's it. Achima. Yeah. Oh no, no, do not. Do not. No, 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 no. Don't be tracking my every move. I have a I barely have a life as it is. All right. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Yeah. <laughs>